Diverse Discoveries podcast, and we're a group of female educators exploring edtech, femtech, and culture projects all around the world. We aim to highlight organizations from countries where English is not the first language. Same as for us. Today, Diverse Discoveries is hosted by me and Ilyana. I am Karina Arushtova, founder of Learning Experience Collective. I love potatoes, education, and experience design. And I'm passing the mic to Ilyana. I'm an educational content lead and occasional content creator. Today we will talk with our friend Masha. She is the creator of the Queenkey Startup. It's an app that helps you to explore your intimacy. I'm Masha, Masha Plotkin, you can call me Masha or whatever you want. And I'm CEO and co-founder of Quinky, and it's like Dolingo, but in sex education. I spent oh, wow. so many years in uh, dating apps, and now I decided I need to do something to help people to educate themselves around sex and to know what is actually uh, the things you can try in sex. And before, I was a teacher, and uh, yeah, it's kind of a nice switch from teaching to doing something in sex tech, but we will speak about it later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it is exciting. Thank you for joining us. Um, before we go into like talking about the project, I want to talk about your life just to get the feeling of your life. I know that you live in Amsterdam at the moment, yep. and I think it kind of influences what you do, what you uh, smoke. What <laughs> I can you, I can what... say more. I live in a red light district, so oh, when, people, no. when people hear this, they're like, oh, wow, everything uh, is so weird. It's like, perfect. I'm, it's perfect, perfect place. Yeah, I can just do my customer development interviews <laughs> going out in the street. Yeah, it's perfect. Actually, no, I was trying to interview some people in red light district, worst place. People here are ashamed of speaking about sex, so mm. you need to go to student places, to universities. So, yeah, it's a bias that people in red light district are open. Uh-uh. So ashamed of everything. That's very interesting. That's a very interesting source of research. Can you tell me more about like your maybe um, like your usual day in Amsterdam? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you do the, the usual things? Do you eat herring every day? Do you drive your bicycle? Or do you mm-hmm. walk around? Do you smoke a joint during your <laughs> meetings? Like what do you do? I, <laughs> I would love to be uh, like an adventurous entrepreneur doing a lot of uh, fun stuff during the day. But most of the day I'm spending in front of my laptop just having meetings. And uh, yeah, that's it. I have some kind of routine here, of course. Uh, for example, like every Saturday uh, there is a market um, near my house. I go there, I take some flowers, I take a cup of uh, coffee and uh, it's uh, something that uh, I have um, in general every week. Also I have some friends here and they organize meetups so every week I tr- I'm trying to socialize myself a bit not only to spend a lot of time um, working and uh, my normal day usually ends uh, at gym because uh, I need to do some sport to have some stress relief. So that's it, like meeting, meetings, meetings, some breathing in front of the window and staring to the wall, uh, crying sometimes, and then I uh, go to gym. So yeah, guys, it's an uh, adventurous life of a CEO of a startup. <laughs> do you have a time slot for crying or does it happen? Um, <laughs> I have a psychologist once a week, so it's definitely a time slot sometimes for crying. And uh, in general, I try to have at least like one hour of doing nothing every day because it helps me to um, think about like strategy, to just have a space for uh, brainstorming and just uh, being on my own. So yeah, like one hour or whatever I want to do crying, uh, I don't know, like uh, lying on a sofa and um, just walking without any purpose do you find it hard like to do nothing 
Exactly. It's uh, the hardest thing because I want to open social media so badly. So I, I'm trying not to take phone with me when I'm going uh, on such walks because it's impossible. I mean, I'm stuck with social media. I'm, you know, like I have this excuse that when I'm looking on TikTok so for something, I'm exploring something for my startup, but it's a lie. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a real lie. I'm just, yeah, I'm just wasting my time. So I try to not to take phone with me and I bought myself like a headphone so I don't need a phone to listen to music. So uh, that's uh, the only trick I have for now. And of course, if you, for example, go swimming, you also can't take a phone with you. So you, I'm trying to, you know, to do some sport and to, do, to, to go to such places where I can't use my phone. It's the only chance to get some, uh, some digital detox. I actually only this year, not only this year, like maybe six months ago, I started using Google Calendar on my daily basis. Before it was Notion, it was some stuff on my iPhone. And when I started using this Google stuff, it really changed my life. I'm not promoting this, but it's, I mean, I put everything there. Like uh, my uh, dates, when I go on a date, I put there like a date with a random guy from Tinder. And it really saves me a lot of energy that I have everything at one place. And I also have personal assistant, social knows also what I'm doing and when I'm available. It's uh, like a, a life changer. So yeah, for people who want to organize their life, <laughs> use this. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like a, sec a second brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Uh, I wanted to ask you to describe your project in one sentence, but you've already done that. You said it's Duolingo in, in sex education. I was prepared. Um, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pitching a lot as well, so I, I, I need a one-liner and a short description. So yeah, it was not hard. <laughs> and uh, what is it about in details? Like, do you have this, uh, you know, another bird that uh, just yeah. pops on your phone screen? Really? It's a, it's not a bird. It's a cloud. It, it's a cloud slash brain because we believe that everything that uh, is happening around sex is uh, happening in your brain. So it's also a character, and uh, we think we can make a friendship with Dolinga at some point when we grow big. And uh, yeah, it's uh, not only about education. It's also about uh, some entertainment around sex because sometimes it's hard to find ideas of what you want to try with your partner or you are ashamed of speaking about sex. And And we bring a lot of ideas. So it's like an endless feed with ideas that are personalized for you. Uh, they can be for beginners, can be for more experienced people. And you can go through this idea and uh, you will find there a checklist from our sexologist. So everything is science back. You can find there are some warnings and prescriptions like, oh, if you're going to use this condom, don't use this, these kind of loops. And yeah, at the end, you can give us some feedback and the next idea will be more kinky or uh, more romantic something like that oh, wow but we are still developing so you know as a startup on a really early stage because everything that uh, we've done uh it was made in eight weeks in the beginning um it's uh, really like a fresh startup <laughs> uh, so we're now trying to understand what is our target audience and uh, everything might change in a month or two months but the core idea mm -hmm. is to break uh taboos around sex because i feel it's very important it's coming from my background so yeah that's maybe more detailed description of what am I doing? 
And what do you personally do in the project? Like, what is your role? Uh, I'm now, I, I know that our listeners, you don't have any video, but I'm wearing a t-shirt. It's CEO of Self-Pleasure Text. Actually, I am doing everything. As a CEO and a co-founder of a startup, when you're early, you're doing uh, design, you're doing marketing, you are doing fundraising, you are uh, pitching a lot, you are working with teams. So uh, we divide it with my co-founder because I have a really amazing team. Uh My co-founder, he's CTO, so all technical part. I'm happy for that on him. Some <laughs> That's are, convenient. Yeah, and also I financial part is also on him. I'm blessing him every day <laughs> for that. And uh, on me, I work uh, and connect our team. I am more responsible for social media, for some uh, hustle around social media and marketing. And of course, I'm fundraising because, you know, like startup, you need to fundraise every uh, like, I don't know, every several months. You need to be sure that you have money <laughs> to uh, mm-hmm. grow your team. So, yeah, my usual day, I'm just uh, working a lot on Slack and connecting everyone and helping uh, people in our team to understand what exactly we are doing. We work in sm- small sprints, so uh, they need to know what exactly we are doing now, not to be lost in all this uh, mm. messy startup uh, life. And you said you are researching your target audience. And what is your target audience? What do you think it should be? It's a great question because uh, when I was uh, describing my <laughs> startup, I didn't mention that. Shame on me. Um, we are targeting Gen Zs um, from age of 18. So it's not uh, children, it's not uh, teenagers. It's people who had already some experience in relationship. And uh, we believe that mostly now we attract uh, females because uh, in our team we have some students and uh, they're girls who had some dating experience and now they feel ashamed of some uh, something and usually it's uh, really hard for women to have orgasm so we are mm-hmm. trying to help this uh, uh, part of people and uh, yeah we believe uh, we will find it and narrow down the target audience a bit later but for now it's people from 18 to 24 who had uh, one two years of relationship and they're exploring themselves so they're uh, not from a place where um, like sex a taboo they already Uh, opened a bit, at least a bit for uh, the exploration for exploration. And why we choose mm-hmm. this audience? It's a very actually uh, easy because my co-founder, he's Gen Z, he's 23. So he is actually in this age where uh, he can understand everything what is going on. And I was working with Gen Zs for eight years when I was a teacher. So I know a lot about how they are, how I can educate them. And um, yeah, I just really love this idea that I can help someone uh, in the age when I had a lot of troubles and sex so it's also oh. personal you know like in 20s i was so um i was so shy about sex so now yeah it's something personal as well <laughs> yeah i see and uh, do you feel any difference between you and your co-founder uh i mean in this area of the age difference mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of difference. We discuss this a lot with him uh, because, for example, he has some uh, preferences in terms of how I can give him a feedback and uh, I need to respect his uh, working style, working schedule and uh, I, I'm learning every day because the way I, wor- I worked before with my previous team was completely different. So now, uh, like, um, I, he really wants to understand everything. Like, uh, mm. I, I'm not directly giving him task i need to explain like why and how it will affect all our, our other goals so he wants to understand deeply what is actually i'm 
I'm doing in, for example, social media and marketing, even though he's not responsible for these areas and I'm the one who's leading it. It's like a simple example, but yeah, a lot of stuff. And also he likes to work at nights. I hate it because, I mean, I'm old, I'm 30 years old and I need a proper um, time for sleep. So when I'm not answering him, like at night <laughs> he can be a bit sad about it so I'm, I'm i'm trying also to set boundaries like i'm not working at night and we need to have a rest we need to have a proper um schedule and not mix uh, you know like um, um personal life and working uh working life and does he live in netherlands too yep yep he is originally from lebanon um it's uh yeah Yeah, yeah, maybe as you know, like a country where sex is real to yeah. And he, I can moved. imagine, <laughs> it's it's crazy that he actually decided to uh, join me and support me in this topic. And he moved to Amsterdam uh, as I did in October 2022. So we moved here and started our uh, business. I'm very grateful, not only um, that you do, that you actually uh, founded this project, created this, had this idea, and found uh, uh, this partner. In started working basically on it, not only because of my current self, uh, I am 31 as well, and I've had my adventures in, in, in sex, in my sex life uh, when I was growing up and getting to this point where I am now, especially from uh, like girls' point of view. What is happening with female body is really, um, I don't know, it's still so many things we can explore around females' orgasm and how may, many um, people with uh, vulvar, they feel this uh, stuff that, yeah, it's really hard to have an orgasm, but I can't speak about this with my partner because it's a shameful topic and, yeah, that's uh, really sad. But we yeah. have more to solve it and at least help with this and uh, provide more information and ideas on what you can do with this. Thank you so much. Um, again, uh, for from my younger self, I just remembered that I had some kind of not really uh, nice um, sexual encounter. I had done sex, uh, sex with someone I just met with a bartender, of course. <laughs> um, and I remember that I called Ula, uh, my best friend at the time and my best friend right now. And I just asked for advice. I'm not sure Ula remembers it, but it was quite helpful that she was there at the moment. So basically, I, I wanted to ask you about why the Netherlands um, and how... Mm -hmm. And I know that you joined an accelerator. Can you tell me about your experiences? Why did you did you go to Netherlands and then join the yeah, accelerator? Sure, sure. Was it? I want to, <laughs> to support you on the topic about uh, unprotected sex. Like, it's really sad, but everyone at least at once experiences this uh, thing about unprotected sex. And for example, me, from my experience, I had a lot of conversation around this with guys. Like usually the number one reason why guys don't want to use protection is because they can't feel it, like uh, can't feel it. And it's a massive red flag. It's For me now, it's a massive red flag. But exactly. when I was younger, when I was in my 20s, I had no resources where I could find any information like, okay, maybe guy really doesn't feel anything and maybe uh, it's normal not to use protection. So I'm I'm really glad that now we have so many resources, like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. it's maybe uh, too much for now uh, and sometimes you don't know which information you can trust, but at least you can go and Google something, I don't know, speak with ChatGPT about it. So, yeah, that's uh, also a reason why I started all this, to help our younger generation to um, navigate themselves around sex and health topics. It's um, like mission. 
<laughs> of uh, Queen Kim. And the why in Netherlands? Um, not because it's uh, <laughs> like a, a capital of um, sex uh, shops or something like that, but because uh, uh, they have uh, this program called Antler. It's a uh, uh, program for early stage startups and I found an article uh, actually I was uh, chatting with guy on Pure, Pure is a dating app for sex and uh, nothing happened with us so we were really bad match in terms of uh, sex and dating but this guy sent me an article about <laughs> this uh, answer and uh, we applied together to this program and he also was uh, approved and I was approved. So Pure App actually helped me to create Quinky and helped me to open a business in Netherlands because I would never found <laughs> anything about this program, about this accelerator, if I um, haven't met this guy. So yeah, Ivan, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> you really you really helped me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that I met you. So um, I read an article about this accelerator and it was uh, something that uh, if you want uh, to be a founder of a tech startup, just apply. And I, I thought like, oh no, it's not for me. I'm not a tech girl. I don't know English that well. And there are so many um, so many stigmas around uh, uh, me being a founder of a tech startup. So I decided to skip this uh, application. And again, my friend Ivan, this guy from Pure, he was insisting on me applying <laughs> to this accelerator. He was like, did you fucking apply it or not? Like, tell me, send me a screenshot of application. So I don't know why he was so, um, uh, he was trying to push me, but thanks to him again. And yeah, so I was approved of this accelerator program and it was in Amsterdam. And it's actually a cool hub for entrepreneurs because uh, founder of Miro and the team of Miro is here. A lot mm. of uh, people who are making startups are here and every week you can go to meet up with different uh, founders, with VCs. So it's a huge potential for people who want to do something uh, in uh, um, any field like ad tech, fintech, sex tech, fintech. It's a great, great place. So that's, that's the story. That's a short story. <laughs> so please tell me about the process of Endler program. Are there any episodes or periods when people should apply or they take the applications all year round? Uh, are there specific locations in Endler program? I would like to know more about this. Uh, yeah, it's it's like an international program. So Antler, mm. uh, you can find programs in London, in Amsterdam, mm. in a lot of countries in US as well, in Asia. And they have in Amsterdam, for example, four cohorts. So you can apply for uh, maybe three times a year. Uh, usually it's uh, like uh, winter, spring, summer and uh, mm -hmm. autumn, mm -hmm. something like that. Application is very short. So you don't need a lot of time to apply for this. So, you know, like no excuses for you not being a new founder of startup and um, I also really love are this uh, team in Amsterdam because they are so cool. They're um, in like the team who is guiding you through the whole uh, process of uh, making a startup. It's very important, like who is uh, supporting you, and I really love them. So I can definitely suggest you applying to Amsterdam um, a cohort if you have a chance. Yeah, and you can just text me if you want because I can help you and answer some questions. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, sure, definitely, yeah. definitely. I'm so interested in that, and also just to share experience with Pure. I met my husband there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, it was in 2016 in october so it was pretty early days for uh for pure and yeah that's great that's great yeah. because for me pure feels more really like an app for hookups because now especially in europe like in i think uh, uh 
in other places it might be more like a Tinder uh, style style there, but in Europe, like guys only sending me dick pics. I'm 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 not happy. So guys, please followers, if you're listening to us, like, don't, don't send dick pics to girls. It's not something that excites us. I've used pure uh, like twice. I mean, I registered there first, and I saw that. All the profile pics were dicks. I mean, people didn't even <laughs> need to send me the dick pics. I just saw the profile pics. So I deleted my account. And then some years later, I registered again. And uh, there were no dick pics. And <laughs> I think it's like uh, all the people that used to use Tinder, they moved to Pure. And uh, they yeah. had like very stylish profile pictures with some deep thoughts about, uh, you know, everything. It's like a completely different audience. I don't know what happened to Pure into you know, during these years. Their users, I think, they're trying to on their social media. They have a lot of educational content. Yeah, probably yeah. it's that. Uh, I want to. I want to ask you about money. Basically, oh, we right. are breaking. <laughs> we're breaking all the taboos uh, in this. In this I'm podcast, ready, we're asking I'm about <laughs> asking, asking about money and about sex and about our unprotected sex experiences. So, can you tell me? Can you walk me through the process? When did you start to to raise money? How was the process? How many rounds did you have? How, wait, mm-hmm. Let's stop there. Okay. Uh, about how many rounds? It, uh, my answer can be short, like one. So it's, mm, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, about money. Um, Antler actually, they uh, invest in some uh, startups at the end of the mm. program if they feel like that. And if you go through all their uh, pitching process and if you are approved by Antler Partners. And uh, uh, actually, all the program uh, was uh, for about eight weeks. So we got funded in eight weeks and we started from scratch. So in the beginning, I had nine I even didn't have any idea. I just came there with the feelings that I would like to do something in sex tech. And um, yeah, I went through all the program. Uh, no sleep. So working 24-7 and you can get funded. And uh, you get 100k uh, euros uh, for uh, this other program. And uh, they take some equity in your company. So basically it's a normal process. Like uh, investors mm-hmm. take some equity. And uh, now we are raising next round, angel round. And we are now um, mostly doing it through like friends and uh, friends of friends. So we're trying to find some connections uh, through people um, who are investing in early stage startups. And uh, when you're early stage startup, you need uh, a lot of money uh, of course, on building something technically. So if you don't have a technical person uh, in, in, on board of your team, it will be a pain in the ass. So uh, that's why my co-founder is CTO <laughs> and it's easier for me. And uh, this uh, 100K, actually, uh, I, I think it's normal uh, if you raise money in like three months after getting 100K because uh, you can only uh, survive for six months. Um, because it's impossible to survive in Europe when you need to pay, I don't know, rent, when you need to pay your team, when you really want to build a product. It's uh, some money that um, can be spent in six months if you're uh, doing really, uh, if you're building something really fast. So yeah, that's, that's the story. <laughs> 
All right. So right now you're looking for angel investors. You do not go to VC uh, funds at the moment. Do you? Um, it, it depends on what they're actually the stage. These funds are invest. Mm-hmm. Usually they invest in uh, pre-seed or seed uh, round, and it's not us. Usually you go to, especially seed round, it's when you already found your product market fit, and it's something that happens in one or two years uh, when you're building startup. And uh, pre-seed round, it's also something that is going to be uh, for us, I would say, in December. And now we need some extra funding uh, to uh, to uh, have more opportunities around marketing, around making some promotion events, uh, offline, online collaborations with brands, because we need to test some uh, stuff that we are planning. So yeah, this extra round uh, will be used for that. And uh, I have uh, like, I don't know if someone who's listening to us wants some uh, advices around raising money, just contact me because now I'm in the middle of the process uh, of raising an extra round and I found so many information like how to create this former sense uh, uh, in uh, investor circles and I have a really great girl like a mentor she's helping um, to raise angel round and I also can share this contact so it's like a game uh, you were asking me like what I actually uh, am I doing every day and this uh, part about fundraising it's a full-time job and I don't have this opportunity to spend on this uh, full-time because I have a lot of other tasks and it's also painful because uh, more time you uh, put in uh, fundraising, the more out outcome uh, you would get. So yeah, I'm trying to find more and more time only uh, on fundraising because it's my main role as a CEO. <laughs> Can you walk us through, like in, in the simplest of terms, again, through the pre-seed seed, is there any stage before pre-seed, like pre-pre-seed and yeah, how yeah. it is called? Yeah. Uh, so when you only start and you are on ideation stage, you, for example, don't have any MVP. Uh, mm-hmm. It also mm-hmm. can it can be different for uh, different areas uh, because there are B2C and B2B world. Mm-hmm. But in general, mm-hmm. there is a stage called uh, angel uh, investment round when you are early and you don't have revenue. So uh, pre-revenue stage, usually you can close angel round, but also you can sometimes go to pre-seed round uh, without any revenue but for sure for pre-seed round you need mvp so at least you need to have something uh if you're building an app you need to have an app and show some traction and if you don't have this better call this round angel round it's what comes uh, again before pre-seed and just Mm -hmm. raise some uh, extra money and you can actually for example you can spend six months raising angel round and uh, it still can be called angel round uh and in this angel round you can raise uh, 600k you can raise, I don't know, like 1 million and it still can be angel round. And then pre-seed it's something, um, I would say, uh, you can o- also go to VC funds. So usually they're interested in someone who uh, can show some traction. For example, how many monthly active users you have and how much money you get from uh, your mm-hmm. premium subscription. And the next is seed round. And after there are a lot of other like A round, B round, mm-hmm. and uh, something for unicorns, but I'm not on this stage, so I have nothing <laughs> to do with this now. <laughs> uh, you're not on the stage now, but, but you now, will be. But in one year, okay, now. Not in one year, in three years. I just feel like this is the moment where we need to go to Amsterdam and just to sign some uh, T-shirts with your name in it and <laughs> sell it in several years as a relic. Or this one, it would be, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this would be a great investment. So, uh, am I correct in understanding that you went uh, into the accelerator program, right? And 
at the end of it, you were funded by the Antler themselves, and you got the yeah. 100k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I must say, uh, I must make one uh, comment around. They mm -hmm. ask her not to call them as accelerator, their early oh. stage program for startups. It's just something I, I know because I, I'm all, all the time making this uh, mistake on my social media oh. when I speak about Antler because they feel the difference. Because usually accelerator is like a startup school, but they don't have any... Uh, like education around uh, hmm. some basic topics. Their main focus is building a team. So they have a lot of uh, games and uh, some classes for networking and they mostly focus on teams. So they believe that idea is nothing. Team is the main uh, hmm. thing that you need to do because you can pivot a lot of times and uh, yeah. So yeah, and uh, answering your question, I was invested by Anter uh, in eight weeks uh, after mm -hmm, I finished mm -hmm. this program. So uh, Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's uh, unbelievable. And, you know, like I have this uh, stuff about myself. I'm usually saying, oh, yeah, but it's nothing. I mean, it's simple. But then I think like I'm uh, it's fucking amazing. In Europe, I got funded in eight weeks with nothing. It was like uh, exactly. coming, coming yeah. to Amsterdam, having nothing. So for someone who listens to us uh, and maybe you have you had some concerns about like applying to some accelerator or opening something, I would say that everything can happen if you put a lot of um, focus on this. So that happened to me. I was focused only on this and yeah, it was uh, achieved. So that's an uh, inspirational time for me, like quotes. Uh, Thank I'm you so Ton much. Tony Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really does inspire me. Not only because of the like pretty words, which are pretty and I'm, I'm inspired <laughs> by them but because you show that by example by your own example and i knew you uh before that like by mm -hmm. other projects but they were quite impressive too but i still Thanks. think and kind of perceive you as quite a relatable person i don't see you as mark zuckerberg yet and i hope you will never be uh, as mark zuckerberg it will be like a ethical and a nice uh chief executive of a self self-pleasure as you call yourself but yeah uh thank you for telling me all of this words But if we go back to Quinky, uh, mm -hmm. can you tell me about the like assets? Let's imagine like the perfect outcome, right? Mm -hmm. Right now, what do you have? Do you have a community, the app? What kind of assets uh, do you have at the moment? And what kind of assets do you uh, plan to launch? Mm -hmm. uh, for now, we have app on test flight for people who develop apps. Uh, you might know that it's something that is... Uh, pre-app store launch uh, and uh, we are testing our app on closed community because one month ago if we were making this podcast I would say that yeah we're launching on app store and after some uh, calls with uh, experienced people who develop apps they were like what the fuck you are doing <laughs> put your app on app store um, until you tested a lot on closed community and uh, no need to rush so much so now we have this app we work with interns from different countries is students for example from florida state university a girl from spain uh, a girl from amsterdam and they help us to build a community offline because it's Uh, the most valuable for us to have uh, people who can test our app, our ideas uh, with our target audience. And also we have uh, uh, some uh, social media uh, and uh, Discord online events with sexologists because one part of what we are doing is educational part. So uh, we are launching some events with, for example, sexologist from US. Her name is Dr. Shona. Um, and she is experienced in kinks, in BDSM stuff. And we are going to have online event for students. Uh, so yeah, this is our current stage. And uh, 
we have a lot of things happening now and it's also maybe because I like to do everything at once. For example, we are doing a lot of collaborations with small brands and we are also making off- offline event in Amsterdam with partner from Amsterdam and with uh, uh, NGO and uh, it's very random but we believe that through this small stuff that is going around we can find uh, our product market feed test our ideas and finally find out what actually we are doing because yeah uh, Duolingo in sex education is very broad but like uh, I want to understand exactly w- where we need to focus mostly on so um, our perfect <laughs> perfect plan would be to launch our app on App Store by the end of summer we wanted to launch it in August because there are a lot of festivals and we mm-hmm. wanted to make partnership with festivals because you know like festivals a lot of sex people need to uh, have some support around uh, um, the boundaries and consent but uh, I want to be realistic so end of summer we are launching on App Store end of summer we have a community of around 5,000 people on social media it's also realistic numbers I can say like 1 million but yeah I mean <laughs> let's be realistic and we also um, by the end of summer we would like to fundraise extra around the same amount as we fundraised as well um, so yeah that's uh, if uh, I can describe briefly what we need to do it's that's it <laughs> Uh, one more specifying question. Um, am I correct in saying that in the app there will be some education, but also not only education, right? Um, or you're not sure yet? It's uh, I, I know exactly because there, uh, as for now we have uh, there uh, games uh, f- that you can try around sex. For example, games mm-hmm. for masturbation they can, that you can try uh, alone mm-hmm. or some games for masturbation that you can try with your partner or some sexting ideas or some ideas that you can use on dating apps or, for example, how to start a conversation about uh, boundaries and consent when you're going on a date. And, uh, yeah, we'll provide some ideas of what you can do. And uh, as I mentioned Sometimes you want to try some new practice. You want to try sex toys and you have no fucking idea how to speak about this to your partner. And uh, with our app, you will uh, only need to send this idea and you will not need to build all the uh, long conversation uh, hmm. for um, uh trying and exploring new idea. It will be like, oh, Quinky suggested me uh, that. Can you take a look? And after that, uh, you can say like, oh, yeah, it's really fucked up idea if your partner is not ready. So we believe that it can be something like that, that we will bring and provide some um, tool that will be uh, fun and on the same side will provide some really playful ideas that you would like to try uh, with your partner partners. <laughs> so it's like you're ordering... A McDonald's, but you don't need to interact actually with the <laughs> cashier. And that's yeah. a really nice version for people who are embarrassed and who are shy to talk about sex. They re- definitely can relate to that. That's a perfect description, actually. I will use it. I will use it. Thanks. Yeah, you can use it. I am, I'm giving away that freely and for free. How do you talk about sex intimacy and body awareness in your team, by the way? I mean, do you notice any cultural differences or any mm-hmm. troubles, you know? It's a delicate matter. Yeah, um, I mean, with our team, by the way, hi to my team. If you're listening, I really love them because we can openly speak about everything. Okay, not everything, but every week we have Friday call when we take some topics to discuss and we take some uh, questions. And a lot of questions involve 
uh, something around their previous sex experience, around their dating life, and everyone is answering this question. So uh, people that work with us, they interact with sex topics every day, so they need to feel comfortable about sharing mm-hmm. their own um, feelings around this. And yeah, we have, for example, people uh, from Turkey. We have my co-founder from Lebanon. We have uh, girls from Spain, and we have girls from Florida. And uh, with everyone, we try to... Um, ask questions in a really nice way. So we're not pushing anyone to share their sex experience, of course. Uh, everything comes natural. So if they feel like answering this question, they answer. If they are, um, they prefer just to stay silent, it's also uh, totally normal because we are, we are breaking the booth around sex, but we are not pushing anyone to speak about mm-hmm. sex and uh, uh, shout out about their uh, sexualities, about their gender or <laughs> any preferences. So, yeah, that's how we try to work with uh, our team and you all speak english right yeah yeah yeah. that's uh, uh that was hard for me because uh I, i mean uh as you can see and hear uh english is not my native language so now i'm more comfortable with this but in the beginning i felt some parts of my brain that i never felt before they hurt <laughs> it a lot because i was uh, speaking 24 7 Uh, in English and uh, now I also learned to uh, use ChatGPT to answer some basic questions. It's a great tool for me because all my, if you get a message from me, email from me, just know it's, uh, it was generated by ChatGPT. I'm, ne- I'm never writing anything by myself because yeah, I really like to save some time on such tasks. And uh, speaking about intimacy again, do you think it would be more difficult or less difficult uh, if you spoke your native language? Oh, um, I mean, um, I don't know how, but it's also something that I discuss with my psychologist. When I go on a date, uh, it's easier for me to speak about sex in English uh, with uh, English-speaking partners. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Of course, I had more, uh, no, I don't know, I can express more in my uh, native language, but uh, I think that, uh, I don't know, in English, uh, it feels like um, I have more freedom to discuss exactly. these topics. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you feel me. But in Russian, sometimes I'm ashamed because like, I was trying to do some kind of educational content uh, in Russian, but it's harder for me. So yeah, English is uh, natural for this topic for me. More natural. I mm-hmm. sometimes I, think that it's like uh, maybe we have another persona when we speak yeah, another yeah, language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another persona uh, is going on dates uh, in English and another persona is going on dates. I, I really, I behave differently in sex uh, with English-speaking partners. It's uh, I know the thing about me. <laughs> yeah, even yeah, our I, mimics change, I think, yeah, when we speak yeah, another language. Yeah, and tone of voice tone of voice as well mm-hmm. if I start now speaking Russian you would see the difference that in English my voice is lower I don't know why so it's <laughs> cringe yeah I want to ask you about basically problems <laughs> uh, you um, came to Netherlands just build something from scratch even just having like a vague general idea okay I want to do something in sex tech can you tell me about some which were the most difficult, the hardest mm-hmm. parts of starting um, a launching a startup in, in another mm-hmm. country? 
Sure. If I'll uh, start telling you all the problems, we will stay here for a week or <laughs> for a month. One thing I would like to add that when mm-hmm. I came here uh, to Netherlands and I had only the idea that I would like to do something in sex tech, I also mentioned uh, something that I would like to do something in education. Uh, on the very first day of my uh, program in Amter, I had a call with the CEO of Pure. I'm not sure if it's the same guy now uh, because I, I heard some news that they changed. And actually he was the one who told me um, very in a very broad words as this idea about dolling in sex education because I was pitching to him some ideas of what uh, I can do and he uh, has so much knowledge around sex and sex behavior of people so it was a great resource of information and he um, put this idea in my mind about dolling in sex education. Then I pitched it on my entire program and I found immediately two people who were um, madly interested in it. So my co-founder actually was one of the guys who immediately told me like wow that's really what i want to work on like dueling in sex education so uh and uh, the problems that came after were uh, all about uh, making interviews i made so many interviews with people uh, and it was really hard to find people who can openly speak about sex so while i was having this program at nights i was uh, writing to people i was trying to do some research because i had no experience in this topic before i mean ex- except uh, dating people and using a lot, <laughs> a lot of dating apps because i'm not a sexologist so i uh, understood that i need to find sexologists on board that will provide a science-backed information and it took me so much time also to find proper people to have a lot of interviews so um, I was working uh, it's not a joke I was working 24-7 and actually uh, I think uh, from October till now I only had like maybe two days of rest or something like that so it's not a good thing to uh, do by yourself and to try but it I, I mean, let's be honest. No one is really expecting us to be in Europe and start startups. So I put it a lot of effort into this, mm-hmm. and uh, my stress level increased a lot. So I'm as I, I'm working with psychologists for four years. I know how to uh, help myself, but in general, it's very stressful. Sometimes I felt anxiety, and I felt that I just want to fucking rest, and I just want to fucking stop. But because I love so much this topic and I love my team. I just really also enjoying this part. So I had a lot of uh, also maybe problems with socialization because I came here alone. Uh, I mean, I have no friends. In general, I'm more introvert than extrovert. And the only way for me usually to find new people in uh, new countries was Tinder. So I'm usually, I was finding friends uh, on Tinder and Pure. And uh, same things happened to me here. But um dramatic story dramatic love story i met a guy here and uh, i kind of was really into him and while all the business uh, process was happening all their startup building stuff was happening i also experienced a really dramatic love experience because a guy ghosted me and uh, yeah yeah, and and, uh, maybe it brought some you know like fresh emotions into my life sometimes you need some uh, emotion some emotional stuff to feel that you're alive so yeah that's a difficult part like you don't have any friends uh you can't uh, immediately see your family and get some support so everything you need to figure out uh, from 
renting a flat to paying your bills to finding, I don't know, a SIM card to use. You need to do it on your own. And uh, yeah, that's kind of hard for a person who was never managing well with some normal stuff that usually people are doing. Like I, I have no idea how to pay my bills uh, <laughs> before that. So I, I can uh, start a business, but I'm very bad with some basic stuff for, uh, and in organizing my life. So yeah, that's a um, diff- difficult part. Um, I, I don't, I can't say a lot of, um, I can't maybe name a lot of problems in startup because I have such a great co-founder and such a cool team that it, it's really a shock for me that um, I can have fun with these people. Like all the calls are, I mean, I can't wait to have call with them. I, I, I have never had such experience. In general, I hate, <laughs> I hate Zoom calls and our calls, they're more like a, uh, I don't know, like fun, exciting uh, conversations with friends and really working um, and a hardworking uh, process. So, yeah, that's that's my maybe list of problems. <laughs> All right. Thank you for telling me. Can you tell me uh, about the partner? You mentioned him several times. Uh, can you tell me his name and also how did you meet and how, when you decide, okay, he is the person I want to start business <laughs> yeah. with. It's quite an important decision. I think even even more important than that the finding a lifetime partner. Yeah, it's like uh, choosing a partner uh, for, I don't know, like your husband. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I can't compare it to that. Uh, so my co-founder's name is Neo. Um, and uh, he's... Wait, Neo? Neo, yeah. Neo. Like in Matrix. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And he's from Lebanon. He's 23 and he already had a startup before and he raised like uh, one uh, 500k before. So uh, he had a lot of experience by his age and um, he is very nerdy. So he works a lot on tech stuff. He knows a lot. And I, when I met him, I wasn't sure that uh, we are a great match. And it took us, I would say, like three weeks to understand that we really can work together because, uh, I mean, we had no idea about each other before. And uh, we started working and I found out that he is the only one who is staying late at night with me and working. He is the only one who is ready to meet on Sundays uh, and go to Red Light District to make interviews. <laughs> we, we were really doing this and he is the only one who's ready to uh, I don't know uh, make a cold outreach on LinkedIn on Saturday and prepare everything for our pitch deck so it's very important for uh, your partner uh, when you begin something uh, and do something from scratch to work a lot because all other people uh, I mean there were a lot of really nice and great people but some of them uh, they were locals and they usually have this really work-life balance lifestyle And it's not what I was looking for, like, no more, like, (laughs) lifetime balance, sorry. But when you start something, it's impossible. So, yeah, and also, uh, Antler gave us uh, this... uh uh, exercise. Uh, it was like 100 questions uh, about your partner, uh, about everything. So about everything you would ever want to know. And we filled it in. And after that, we thought like, yeah, maybe we, we can work together. It's a, it's a cool match because we really have a common um, understanding of what we want to do. We have this uh, common vision. We have different working style. It's normal. But we have really something in common that um, makes us a um, cool team. And with him, I feel comfortable while pitching because I'm, as I mentioned, I'm an introvert. I hate uh, public speeches. And I was making so many pitching sessions and uh, so many public speeches. And with him, I felt really comfortable. So I think it's also a good sign. It's so uh, nice. Yeah. It's so nice. It's, uh, it's I, I, I was trying to stop myself, but I will say it. I think he's the one. 
<laughs> the chosen the one. one. Yeah, yeah, Neil, if you're listening to this, you are the one. And there are hopes that it will be uh, working on long term. Because, we, of course, we had a lot of argues. I mean, I'm not trying to say that we are, oh, we are perfect uh, couples. It's never arguing. We had so many argues. And sometimes I'm too emotional. And he's trying to educate me on how to speak to him. And I'm, I'm open to listen to him. And he's also open to listen to my feedback. So, yeah, we are overcoming through argues. And we are just building some nicer communication styles that will work for both of us. <laughs> Can you tell me about the skills? Because when I first started Learning Experience Collective, I had two co-founders with me, but I think the problem they kind of stopped taking part, one of the problems was that we're kind of the same or almost very similar in our skill set, so we do not... Uh, kind of add value to each other's mm -hmm. skill set because you come with different backgrounds and you just uh, divide your responsibilities quite nicely does it help that mm -hmm. he is the tech part and the finance mm -hmm. guy and you are a person who who is interested in uh, marketing and the fundraising part mm -hmm. i think it's uh, in general the most important for a great uh, startup team if you have mm -hmm. uh, skills that can be complementary yeah because uh, if mm -hmm. you both uh, are like marketing people and you both are someone mm -hmm. who knows how to work with social media this will not work because someone needs to build a product so yeah I, I would say that it would be really cool to have three people in our team and we are currently looking for someone with uh, a lot of experience in marketing and it will be the perfect match because I can be more focused on product and community and the fundraising another person marketing sales and near technical slash uh, finance guy so yeah definitely it helped us a lot because i had some experience uh, with my previous projects in marketing so i could lead this part and uh, i had no idea how to build something from technical perspective of course i could find some uh, friends that could help me but no mm -hmm. one would invest so much time in this so yeah, yeah I, i can trust him fully on this part and it's uh, important that you can find someone uh, whom you can trust and you can just Uh, close your eyes on this part and just uh, I, um, maybe know some milestones, but in general, you will not be um, in interacting with this part on your everyday basis. So you will just die <laughs> from uh, stress. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And thank you for kind of reassuring me that, uh, yeah, everything is okay. And just, it should be a match of uh, complementary skill sets, I guess. Um, yeah. We are moving into the part um, of running a startup, not only launching, but you are running a startup already. Can you tell me how many people do you have at your uh, in your team right now? <laughs> It's a hard question because uh, recently we hired some interns, so mm. I need to count right now. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, team, but yeah, I, I don't want to miss anyone. <laughs> so we have 11 people. Uh, All right. 12, 12 with me uh, but of course as a startup most of them work part-time it's also because of our financial uh, situation and it's normal for startups to have mostly people who work part-time and we have four amazing interns as I mentioned before girls that work uh, for like um, 10 hours per week so they're not involved um, uh, on an everyday basis in our tasks but they uh, also bring a lot of value to our team so yeah that's uh, 12 people and it's also uh, speaking about problems it was a, a problematic part how to 
set all the working schedule with so many people from so many different time zones. I still don't have an answer. So maybe ask me in two months or three months, I will bring you more information. Maybe don't tell us the answers, but tell us the questions. Maybe we will ask our followers to help you with it, with pieces of advice. Great, uh, great, yeah, yeah. So can you, can you maybe tell us the specific problems? For example, you want to have a lot of um, team meetings, but it's not possible because everyone is a, a, quite in a different time zone. Can you give us like maybe three mm -hmm. or two questions which are the most burning, the most um, important to you? Yeah, maybe for now, burning question is something about uh, reaching KPIs and if mm. you are not, uh, how to set a proper uh, goals and KPIs for your team because we mm -hmm. work in sprints, very short sprints, like one or mm -hmm. two sprints. And mm -hmm. what actually to uh, do if someone is not reaching the sprints? Because for me, I mean, I'm paying money to every person in my team because I really feel that people shouldn't work for free. And for me, it's not an option to say, okay, I'll cut your salary if you're not reaching KPIs. It's fucked up. Mm -hmm. um, Motivation. So, what can be done, and how you can actually, uh, yeah, work with people who are not reaching KPIs um, if you don't want to fire them because you feel that they bring a lot of value in other parts of work. Something also about working schedule, how to make mm -hmm. a proper wor working schedule with people who mm -hmm. work in US, from people who work in Turkey, in uh, Europe. Maybe some mm -hmm. pieces of advice mm -hmm. would be useful. <laughs> okay. Can you tell me about, I think that really shows what is the, um, how do you make decisions um, in your in your team? Either like big strategic ones or maybe small ones. Okay, this post is okay, we are posting it, for example, on Instagram. How mm -hmm. do you make uh, decisions? It depends on uh, what exactly you're asking about, like on area, for example, social media. I have uh, people uh, who work on social media, like our social media manager, Fede, Fede Hai, uh, mm -hmm. and I trust them on uh, what exactly to post there of course we have some um, strategy that we build together so because i know like what topics i would like to highlight and why it's important to highlight this and this but in general if i work with someone i trust this person and i trust this person's experience and i would like to rely and uh, give this person more power and freedom in choosing what to post what to do and how to achieve this goal so i'm setting like uh, goals and uh, then a person has a lot of freedom on the way to achieve this goal i think it's the only way to grow experience and cool a uh, person in your team especially if you work with interns it's also important for me that they know uh, how they their goals will affect uh, what we are doing in general but the way on how you will reach this uh, uh, whatever it is uh, you need to choose by yourself so mm. that's uh, how we work with social media if it's something that is my area of responsibility i'm usually collecting some insights collecting some information from people who are experienced than me and who whom i can trust and then i make decision on how i feel because i know that i have a gut instinct yeah plus my experience and plus experience of people uh, who have made already these uh, decisions yeah i think uh, sometimes i rely on it too much but it helped me a lot so yeah i mean why not I read an article today about uh, the way on how you can make decisions when you can just uh, drop a coin, yeah, like drop a coin. And while this coin is uh, flying and you already know the answer because uh, mm -hmm. some, uh, some side will bring you that's the what you wish and another for. Side, yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. that's uh, an option to uh, make decisions. I'm also personally curious about your content production process because... Uh, 
maybe maybe you don't have a set workflow, but uh, I was reading your website and it's in mm-hmm. English. <laughs> it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and your team is international. I was wondering, do you have a native speaking copywriter or maybe you have a proofreader? Like, how do you do that? Uh, I mean, now when you have ChatGPT, it's a bit easier, but we have, uh, we work with copywriter. She's not a native speaker, but she was living uh, for uh, several years in US. So uh, mm-hmm. she was working with some international brands. So her level of English is uh, really great. And she works with us from the beginning. So for uh, three months already. And also now we work with interns and they bring some slang words that actually Gen Z is using, for example, in US mm. and in Europe, because different if we use some slang oh, words really? around dating they are very different uh, on what people use on uh, in us and what they use in spain so we bring some insights from them but um, yeah it's also a tricky uh, question for now what actually we are going to use slang words uh, from us or slang words from <laughs> europe and i haven't decided yet so it's a mixture uh, sorry guys if you see some something uh, from both continents and your interns are they like uh the same part of the team as the rest of the team, if I can say so. Like you have a team of colleagues, of part-timers and interns. Do you all feel like you're on the same level? If I understand correctly, uh, we have our two calls every week with all the team. It's Monday, Friday calls, uh, and it's helping, really helping to set this clear um, uh, boundaries and clear schedule on what we do in our sprints. And our interns, they uh, in, uh, they um, attend one call from these two because uh, they work mm-hmm. part-time, so it's uh, like mandatory to be on at least one of these calls. And we all, all work in Slack, so we have the same workflow. We all have our follow-ups, uh, after each call, we all have these slides and there, for example, I created for them a mirror board with uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, the whole working uh, flow for them for the next uh, several weeks. So they understand where we are now, where we are going and what we need to achieve in the next month. We are not planning more than, uh, in details, we are not planning more than uh, for one month because it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I must say that they're on the same level and we try to include them in all brainstorming sessions and give them a word because they are our target audience. We need to listen to them a lot. How do you choose people to work with you? I mean, maybe you have uh, some strict or not so strict values in your company, certain team culture that, you know, when you see a new person and you think, wow, that's that's the one who will feel nice <laughs> to work with. Yeah, about hiring process. It's actually the main tool I use is LinkedIn. Uh, I have never used it before, but now uh, for me, it's the main source of uh, contacts in every area. People, if you have a really um, detailed uh, profile there and you put some content, people really outreach you even, I don't know, if you're not writing to them. Some sexologists actually wrote me and asked to have a call with me. It's amazing. I mean, they see some uh, quinky posts, they see some posts from me about quinky and they write like oh wow i really love your idea and blah 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 and let's have a call and discuss our collapse so linkedin is the <laughs> number one source for me and also i was posting uh when i was hiring people for example social media manager and copywriter i was making posts around my friends because i have a lot of friends in like creative industry and they were posting this post on their social media and it also helped of course i look uh, on hard skills it's um, not number one but it's uh, in general it's important you need to have a experienced people when you build startup you can't only work with interns uh, i mean they're amazing but in general if you spend a lot of time on educating people on some topics you will lose money and uh 
another part is we are working in sex education. And uh, if person is not comfortable in speaking about sex, in expressing some personal stories, in understanding actually that there are varieties of genders and sexualities, we definitely won't work together because we accept all genders. We say that our it doesn't matter what sexuality you have. It doesn't matter uh, what you prefer doing. You like one night stands. You're uh, a married person. We accept everyone because it's important to be uh, inclusive and uh, not to judge person by whatever, like uh, body type or uh, anything else. So for us, it's important that we don't have any judgments around any uh, mm. anything uh, related to, as I mentioned, yeah, sexuality, gender, or uh, appearance. That's uh, yeah. That's I would say number one because. Uh, our app is like that. You go through onboarding of our app and also you feel that, yeah, it's something that uh, is very inclusive. Another part is maybe you need to be addicted to memes and jokes because we, <laughs> we use this. Uh, no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for some people it is. So every uh, Monday, Friday call, we have a lot of stuff. It's called cringe check. We, have, uh, we bring some <laughs> ideas and we have cringe checkpoints. Uh, this idea was created by our social media manager Fedia and uh, we can bring any idea on this call and um, all other team members they need to rate this idea from 1 to 10 cringe points so I must say that not everyone uh, is uh, ready for that so it's really important to have the same vibe and uh, if person is not feeling comfortable on uh, having such fun calls we definitely won't um, be able to work together but it's easy to check on our interviews when i was hiring people uh the way person communicates with me the way person replies to my i don't know questions and doing some homeworks uh you can also understand the vibe so it's something that i could check or on uh, the first uh, first interviews yeah we are reaching the end uh i have like two questions uh left for you if you have like one most important message for our listeners uh, today. Can you give it to them? Yeah, I watched some uh, motivational TikToks today, so I definitely can use this <laughs> inspiration from uh, it. Sometimes times can be hard. Uh, you can experience a lot of stress, but uh, put yourself on a first place uh, because when you love yourself and you do something that is nice for you, then it will be easier to bring love back. So I would say that being in some way uh, like an egoist, it's a nice uh, way uh, to bring back some uh, love back to the world. It was too broad. No, it was quite, great, actually. <laughs> okay. I think yeah. it's quite specific, especially coming from a person who is CEO of self-pleasure. <laughs> to yeah. focus on yourself, to be selfish in a good way, I think it's, it's a great advice. Um, and the last question is, what can our listeners uh, do for your project today? Do you need maybe a follow on Instagram or do you need more community members in Discord? Or maybe you are looking for someone, you're looking for some partner. You, I, I thought you were saying about marketing specialist or marketing mm -hmm. office or something like that. What do you need? I would say... Uh if you go to our Instagram, subscribe to uh, our page and maybe write us a DM or write me a message about what is your feedback around our social media. Because uh, for me, it's still a question, uh, do people get actually what is going on on our page when they start
are following us. So if you can go there and say, for example, oh, I'm 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 not getting what the fuck what is going on here, and what what are you about your educational page or your fun page with memes? It would be cool. And other stuff, if you want to. Uh, try our app and uh, if you want to be part of our test community uh, we are actually not looking like for every person I'm sorry but we need to uh, have our, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. some specific uh, audience and if you are a student it would be cool to get your uh, feedback also on our app so you can also subscribe to our Instagram and all information is there we will provide uh, links there you can join our discord and community and events whatever from Instagram so yeah it's the main resource You know, the specific people that Masha needs, uh, please follow, like, share, and DM her. And as for us, we don't have a specific requirement. Everyone, please like, uh, share, and subscribe. Except putting likes, guys, yeah, because if it's the first episode, it's important to support it. So, yeah, it would be cool if you can also uh, put a like. (laughs) I will do this, I mean, and uh, my friends will do this as well. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Uh, I will insist. (laughs) And you so if much. you by any chance wants to be our guest like Masha, please reach us on WhatsApp. We have the link in the description. See you next time. Bye.